शिला गुरुदेव की जय श्रीमान महाप्रभु की जय श्री हरि नाम संकीर्तन की जय श्री श्री दौजी गोपाल की जय गौर भक्त वृंद की जय श्री कालसी की जय गौर प्रमान गुड इवनिंग टू ऑल ऑफ यू थैंक सो मच फॉर कमिंग वेलकम द सेम टू ऑल ऑफ यू कनेक्टेड ऑनलाइन सो टूडे थर्सडे सो माई मेमोरी इज नॉट फेलिंग वी हैव स्टोस्टी टूडे विच बेसिकली मीन्स क्वेश्चंस एंड आंसर्स क्वेश्चंस टू बिगिन विथ होपफुली आंसर्स इन बिटवीन आवर सीरियस ऑफ Abenu Gita on the evenings, so all of you are invited to present. If you have any any question, any topic, something you may like to to share, to discuss, to speak about. So, until yeah, can I ask you sir a little bit of water, please? Thank you. Uh, I don't know if this question is appropriate for this Q and A because I don't know if it's supposed to be related to. The, the, the Benedita. Oh, that doesn't have to be related at all. Okay, no thank you. Um, I was wondering how how does one give their heart to Guru? How does one gives one heart. one's heart to the Guru? Yeah. Is, yeah. I wonder why you're asking that question <laughs> one day before your initiation. Maybe, <laughs> <laughs> maybe something in connection. To that. <laughs> I mean, I hope we can continue doing that question, making that question every single day of our lives. No, so that's an important beginning of the answer. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Well, <clears throat> as we, I think we spoke the other day some words, maybe in other terms, but. that the principle was there giving one's heart to anyone and of course that includes sri guru is is a process it's not is is part of a relationship it has to do with an interaction with with another person so it takes time basically of course it has to begin at some point <laughs> and at least one has to take the the decision the determination i want to give my heart in this particular direction because somehow we are giving our heart in, in always in one direction or another and basically the the thing is i mean giving the heart in, in one sense is i mean the, giving the heart may be also a very generic expression no? because <laughs> we 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 invest our time and energy in certain directions let's say because here comes what eric from mentions in his art of loving you know, that he mentions most people think well i'm giving my heart but i just cannot find the proper one to receive that so i keep insisting and hopefully that happens at some point and he mentions that it's not about that i mean it's about that but it's not only about that it's not just finding the right person that i can give my heart to but also to give the heart actually <laughs> because you may not be willing to give your heart so that's an i mean the point is that finding guru is finding that person that has the capacity to receive your heart but that also first of all if you will will inspire you and educate you about 
what does it mean to give your heart? And then if you agree with the terms and conditions, if you will, <laughs> he has or she has the capacity to deal with such giving. But first you have to, as a disciple, we have the, the duty of, of, of learning uh, what is expected from us. I mean, if, if you want to be a disciple, immediately you, you will try to know what, what does a disciple, discipleship entails. What's the implication of that? Itavagi vatsikshasya niskritam guru. Niskritam guru. I'm missing one word, sorry. That by Vishuddha Bhavana Sarbhartatmarpanam Guru. One word missing. Forgive me. So, <clears throat> in the Bhagavatam, Krishna himself is saying too that Saksishya, the proper disciple, he has to reciprocate to Sri Guru with Sarbhartha Atmarpanam. It says, Sarbhartha with all his wealth and actually his, his own soul. And of course, all his wealth doesn't mean that you have to empty your bank account and, 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 and you are a surrendered disciple. But you have to surrender all that you consider wealth, all that you consider valuable. Because you may have not a penny, but you have certain things that you deem as valuable. And when, when I say valuable here, I mean you are attached to and you are taking care of. And maybe part of the discipline of being a disciple is... Anukulyas Sankalpa Pratikulyas of Arjunamath, Guru Maharaj mentions. Uh, the beginning of surrender is whatever is not favorable for bhakti, it is to be rejected, and whatever is unfavorable uh, fav for bhakti, it is, it is to be accepted. It doesn't matter if your present list is exactly in the opposite direction. <laughs> all, all the things that are favorable for bhakti, I feel them as unfavorable, and all the unfavorable stuff, I have so much attraction to that. But surrender means I make the sankalpa, anukulya sankalpa. Sankalpa means bow, a firm bow. That no matter how difficult this may be, I want to do it. I want to be sincere, as Gurma says. I want to be sincere about being sincere. <laughs> he, he used to pray like this, he, he shared with us. No? Oh Krishna, please let me be sincere about being sincere. <laughs> Because that can be tricky. You, you, you may be very quickly say, oh, I'm sincere. <laughs> but what about being sincere about being sincere? And then you realize, no, I'm not that sincere there. <laughs> what about being sincere about being sincere about being sincere? So you have to go layer beyond layer. So, so yeah, to be a disciple begins to, with surrender. And I know that's a, that may sound like a heavy word and it has... It, it has been a lot of abuse in the name of surrender, but the fact that the word has been misunderstood or misapplied doesn't mean that we can dispense from surrender from now on. <laughs> Still, the, the word is there waiting for us. The proper use of the word is waiting for us because you cannot just like, in the name of being more healthy and balanced and human, oh, let's not speak about surrender anymore. Let's just, whatever, enjoy life. <laughs> But, but the very idea of accepting a guru, in one sense, to begin with, is that I, 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 I acknowledge my limitations, I, I acknowledge how, how to say, how narrow is my, are my attempts to reach God, 
basically. I want to reach the, the Chintya plane, the Dokshaya plane, what to speak, the Prakrita plane. But I am just equipped with limited instruments, imperfect senses, limited logic and rationality, and so many layers of some scars that take me to read reality in a, in a filtered way, in a particular filtered way. And, I, and generally we cannot just like go beyond that to know what's on the other side. We need the other side to come to us. And, and, and that basically means guru, that means revelation. Revelation means the absolute extending to, to us. No? So, so whenever we understand that, I'm saying all this because it's, all this is required to finish saying, I give my heart. Because if not, it's just like one poetic, I'm not criticizing your expression, I mean, it's, it's correct, but what's the background of giving is one heart? Because if not, it may be just like sentimental words that we can say, give your heart to the Guru, but what's the implication of that? <laughs> How do not just pay lip service to the idea? And, and of course, again, Krishna himself, when he's speaking about that, I mean, we have to go to Shastra. What's it, what, what does it mean to have a Guru? In every single verse in Shastra, where what the qualifications of a guru are mentioned, the qualifications of a disciple are mentioned as well. Because one entails the other. You can have one without the other. For example, Krishna in the Gita, what does he say? Chapter 4, verse 34. Only that. <laughs> Shortest verse of the Bible. Unique edition, Shamanandis Kavan. I think that's interpolated. <laughs> Sorry? Okay, what else? Another two edited version she has. We have to learn verses, it's nice. So you don't have such an anxiety when Maharaj is asking questions. Upadekshanti te gyanam gyaninas tattva darshinaha. Because I'm mentioning all the verse, because in one part is the qualities of the disciple, and another part is qualities of the guru, and actually begins with the disciple. Interesting. Pranipat pariprasnan seven. Then, jnanis tattva darshinaha. The guru knows in theory tattva. He's a knower of shastra, and tattva darshinaha. He's a seer of truth. So he does not, or she does not, only have theoretical understanding and knows how to present the message, but is having a darshan, vision, realization of what he's speaking, she's speaking. But for one as a disciple to surrender to that reality again, to, to give one heart, gives one heart begins with pranipat, Krishna says. Pranipat. Pranipat means basically uh, surrender, as we were mentioning. Surrendering generally is translated as surrender. You can also mention like getting closer, if you will, to take the like the etymology of of pranipat is something like getting getting closer to. So that's how we get closer to to Sri Guru Pranipat. In a, actually, that's the very beginning of of Krishna's instruction to to Arjuna in the Gita. We know that Arjuna, for almost the first chapter of the Gita and the beginning of the second part, is is is. Not Krishna's discourse to Arjun, but Arjun's discourse to Krishna. <laughs> so he's speaking no? why he shouldn't fight and this, and, and he's giving the class, basically. No? <laughs> so Krishna is just waiting no? when he gets tired of 
giving the, his class and he's ready for hearing the class, being a student. He's not a student. No? He's given a seminar to his guru, basically. <laughs> but no going nowhere. No? So Krishna's waiting, 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 waiting. First chapter and second chapter began. Arjuna continues. Why he shouldn't fight? But there's a point where Arjuna himself reaches the point, and Krishna wants that. He wants his own student to reach for himself the the, the, the insight. I'm totally lost. I'm like in, how is it in English? Like labyrinth? No. Yeah? Okay, similar to Spanish. So I don't know where to go, where how to go out, how to get to the center. I'm, I mean, the more I try to to solve the whole situation, the more complicated it gets, the more perplexed I am. So then, finally, comes this line in the second chapter when Arjuna says, Sisyasteham So, finally. Which means, ham, I am your Sisya, Arjuna says to Krishna, I am your disciple. Sisyasteham Sadimam, I surrender to you. Tvamprapanam. Means, I surrender to you, Sadimam, please instruct me. So finally, that's it, the long-awaited moment that Krishna was hoping. No? Because only in that moment the Guru figure will appear. Because if not, there is no disciple, there is no Guru. So in the very first moment that Arjuna surrenders, again, and surrender is a process, but there is at least you have to begin by, by saying that, no? by verbalizing your project. <laughs> I surrender to you means I want to surrender to you. It doesn't mean I'm already surrendered. Here I am. What's next now? You are beginning the surrendering process. So many stages. As Guru Maharaj was speaking today, Akshishyati Vishwa, so Goptri Varanam. There are other stages of the surrendering process, like trusting in Krishna's protection, accepting Krishna's maintainer, maintenance, Atmanikshi, Prakarapani, understanding that everything belongs to Him. And the extreme humility that really comes out of those realizations. So all this is Saranagati or the path of shelter. So <clears throat> interestingly, Arjuna surrenders to Krishna, and, and <laughs> almost the very first thing that Krishna says when Arjuna surrenders is he starts chastising him. <laughs> oh, you speak so many wise words, but we are lamenting for those things which are not worthy of lamentation. That's the first thing Krishna says to Arjuna, basically. He's not saying, oh, you are so sweet, so nice, now you are surrendered to me, I love you so much. And he's saying all those things, but in a particular form, fitting the situation in the form of chastisement. And again, do not feel traumatized. It's not that the Guru is chastising all day long. Are you stupid? You are not. It's not like this. No? I mean, because sometimes in the name of... <laughs> of surrender and, and accepting the greatest mercy, everything becomes dysfunctional. So we are not saying that. But there should be some willingness to be disciplined, basically. That's, I mean, that's the word disciple. Disciple in our language, at least, comes from discipline. You cannot take the word discipline and remain a disciple. Disciple means discipline. And discipline means... First of all, I acknowledge the need of discipline in my life. And again, discipline, all these terms have been so abused that sometimes you just mention the word and something uncomfortable comes. But one should really try to deal with those things in a healthy way. 
not the, not being evasive with them, not running away from them, but also not embracing them in a fanatical way and sensitive way, but just the middle point, just the most difficult thing to do. <laughs> no, do not be evasive and do not be extremely like like a, create a dictatorship in the name of discipline because too much discipline, too much order, and you have a another holocaust basically. If you're not like the Holocaust, what's that? That's an excess of order. Too much order. Too much everything in a certain particular way and dictatorship. <laughs> so you need some chaos to balance the order, <laughs> if you will. Yin yang. <laughs> so so giving one's heart to the guru, well, implies again, to begin with <laughs> Uh, one will, one may conclude that, well, first, before giving my heart to my guru, first I have to know what's what's my heart, who I am. That's the very first question that Sanatana Goswami asked Mahaprabhu when his Sanatana Siksha and Chaitanya Charitamrita, that section is a very important one. And Sanatana Goswami address, approaches his guru, Mahaprabhu, and says, Who I am? That's the first question. Like implying, if I don't have that very clear, how can I speak of giving myself to my Guru if I don't have a clue who I am? What I will be giving to my Guru in the name of giving my heart, if I do not know my heart, how much willing I am to explore different caves of my heart? Because if I want to give my heart, I want to give a nice offering to Sri Guru in the form of my heart. And maybe before the very first stage of giving that beautiful offering first is to deal with the mess of, of, in that section before it can be beautified. Sometimes our Guru Mahesh gives that, I like that example. He says the Guru is like the interior decorator. <laughs> so interior decorator is someone that you call, you call him, so do not, be, do not complain. <laughs> And you are expecting the person will just come and create beauty and aesthetics and suggest positive colors and decorations and everything will be magic. <laughs> but it doesn't begin like that. That magic will come eventually. But first he will he will take a whole thing and throw it to the window. This this is not helping here. This is wrong and will break. No, this has to be thrown away. This crap. This is not adding to the equation. I'm so attached to that sofa. No, my grand grandparent used to do this crap, and it's like, oh my gosh! <laughs> so all those things that you are so much attached to, if you will, to give some parallel, he may take them and one attachment through one window, one attachment through the other window, and you are like crying and say, stop, stop! <laughs> he will look at you like, what? I wanted you to make this place beauty, and he say, I'm, I'm, on, I'm just engaged in that process. It seems that you don't have a clue how to, to reach real beauty, basically. It seems that you want the whole thing in a cheap way. It seems that you want to de deceive yourself, basically, the Guru is saying to you. If you don't want to accept that first you need to get away of certain things that get in the way of real beauty, we cannot, I mean, we can speak about beauty, but we cannot reach that platform. So first, all those things that are not that beautiful... We have to acknowledge that. So the Guru is coming with those good tidings or clarion call of the real beauty. And, and, and in the contrast, with, in the context of 
contrasting with real beauty, of course, those things that are not that real beautiful, uh, we've had to know what to do with them. At least, again, this won't happen in one day, in one shot, but at least you have the integrity and the dignity of, of, of recognizing I'm, I'm in need of, 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 of a paradigm shift, if you will, in many ways, in many layers. In a sustainable way, again, and try to, whatever I'm saying, to make it balanced, <laughs> everything has to be sustainable, but sustainable means also constant progress. Because sometimes, in the name of not being too fanatical, we also are not making any pro we may not be making any progress and we may get stuck at some point. And it's not only for beginners, it can happen at any moment, especially it can happen after 20 years of practice or something, when you start to feel, okay, I'm a senior devotee, I know all those verses Maharaj is quoting in the class, I know what Gurmash will say now in the class, I've been chanting my 16 rounds for decades. I mean, maybe you are not saying that outside. <laughs> there is some subtle voice there, like hiding in behind the bushes, like trying to concert that discourse. No? You know what's this about. You know the whole thing. You know Krishna consciousness. And that's one of, one of the most dangerous poisons that you can allow to yourself to hear. Because it's over and over again, Guru Maharaj, I mean, once I ask, why Guru tells this story over and over again so many times? Have you understood the Bhagavatam? <laughs> yes, go and study the Bhagavatam again. And, 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 you, and, and maybe the person in the story may feel, oh, why he's saying, sending me to study Bhagavatam so many times? But maybe the one who's hearing the story is thinking, why Guru is telling the same story so many times? <laughs> Hear the story again, Gurmaras will tell you. <laughs> because you need to hear it again. And once, once you, whenever you don't hear to hear it again, it's when you are relishing that the most, and you will be hearing again without a problem. So, so the point is, we should never be too sure that, that, that we already got the thing, are there, and so on. So, so giving our hearts to the Guru... Again, begins by something that it seems it's something different. Again, like the interior decorator example. He's making a mess. And I'm suffering. My sofa went flying through the window. And I wanted beauty. And, I, and I'm in, in a tragic stage here. If you do not understand the point. No? Because if you understand how an interior decorator works. And, and how the whole thing will finish. You're okay. You trust the criteria of the person. Even though it may oof pinch no? like that zofa on the window but you understand this is for good this is for good i have to have patience and the whole horizon will become more and more beautiful <laughs> so similarly eventually the official decorator decoration will come gurmash will compare that with baba bhakti baba bhakti is a stage where ecstatic emotions start to appear in our life and start to decorate our life we get decorated by emotions Nowadays, our emotions are not decorating us that much, so that's why sometimes we need to over-decorate us with other things, because we, <laughs> we don't have emotions that may be too much of an ornament, a stringer. So sadhana bhakti, especially the, the first stages, and as Guru Mahesh will say, have more to do with surrender and with humility. <laughs> Bhava bhakti is lala, lala samai, deep hunkering, deep longing, but you cannot imitate deep longing. 
if you still have deep longing for any other thing which is not so deep, superficial longing. So, 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 so saranagati and sadhana bhakti goes hand by hand. Samprartanai, those are the type of prayers you will have. Dainya bodhika, prayers of humility, prayers of surrender. Um, an understanding that giving the heart is, is, is not a joke. No? It's, it's something that, how to say, like, we, we shouldn't be too sure that we already know what does it mean to give one's heart. If you are really want to give your heart, you will be open to, to keep learning what does it mean to give your heart. <laughs> because again, if you, you very still we can fall into this trap. Already I know what does it mean to give my heart. Already I gave my heart. Or maybe I didn't give my heart, but already I know what does it mean. I'm not doing that, but I know <laughs> something like that. But probably if you are not doing that, you don't know also what does it mean. And, and, and it's a gradual process. And not to feel bad with ourselves, just to remain in a healthy way open for further learning. Not to close that door. Of, I already know what that, that's about. Change the topic. No. <laughs> if, if you are really wanted to give your heart, we will be really willing to learn and to discover all those new ways that we can keep giving ourselves in so many new and further layers. There are so many layers that we have to give ourselves to, to give, I don't know, to give up, if you will, <laughs> certain ways of looking at the world, certain ways of identifying ourselves, because, for example, I don't know, again, I'm speaking in a generic way, in every single case this will take a very specific form according to one situation, but every one of us has what we call a personality, and generally we are pretty much identified with that, we think we are that. And generally speaking, that's what we call our acquired nature. So technically speaking, that's not eternal, generally speaking. It's not that, I don't know, if last, in your previous life you were born in, as, a, as a buffalo in, in, in South Africa, I'm sure you didn't have the same personality you're having now. Because the whole environment and the where you were brought, you, were, you became a product of that environment and you self-identify in a particular way and now... You are identifying a particular way. I'm, I have, have this, whatever, so many designations, upadis. And again, I'm not saying in a, in a, in a brutal way, transcend that, we are not this body. And so <laughs> but also at the same time, I'm saying, be careful not to over-identify with that, because not, that won't last forever necessarily. Many of those aspects are just aspects of your, of your mental world that need to be transcended at one point. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but someday. Because you won't, we won't reach our ultimate goal. Wurmas was mentioning that today when he was speaking about the nature of one's goal, the nature of one's practice. I mean, you have to practice in such a way that it has to be in line with what the goal is about. And, and, and whenever you are doing that nicely, you are there. It's not that I'm here as a sadhaka practicing and still I have so many things that I have not worked with, but somehow magically Krishna will take me to Golok at the end of my life. No, it doesn't work like that. At least we shouldn't have that type of confidence. <laughs> That's not the form of confidence. <laughs> That's more like... So, I mean, when we will reach the spiritual world, it's not something that I'm here in a, in a certain platform which has little to do with the spiritual world, but somehow I leave the body and I'm in the spiritual world. No. 
in this life or in whatever life, when you are all, when you reach the spiritual world here, you reach the spiritual world basically. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a movement in consciousness, and it's of course a development of of a whole sense of identity. And this is not again, and, and that's where our terrorists say it may take two, three lifetimes, no? like also implying there is some work to do. And two, three lifetimes, when someone like Sridhar Siddhar say two, three lifetimes, try to understand that he's saying that thinking that you will practice your sadhana as he will practice his sadhana. And he, you follow, it's not that he's saying, thinking two, three lifetimes in a conformist, mediocre way, you will read. I mean, he's, he has no mind to think about sadhana in that way. For him, sadhana is something very specific, very serious, very deep. And that sadhana may take two, three lifetimes. The idea is, for someone who is not Srila Siddhar Maharaj, may take a little bit more, <laughs> which is not a problem, again. If we understand the greatness of the ideal and the task at hand and the work we, we may have to do yet, it's not to, to get discouraged, it's not to get neurotic, again, as Guru Maharaj will say, when I get there, when I'm getting there, the process is in itself beautiful. But we have to be aware to, at least to, to acknowledge that there are some issues that they have to be gradually transcended. And in Shastra, different stages in Bhakti have been depicted. And in, in those depictions, you see how gradually every aspect of our being gets further and further spiritualized. But to get spiritualized also means that we increase our identification with a particular list of necessities in the context of service, in the concept of Krishna in the center, Guru in the center. That's how we, you develop a spiritual identity. Because what's a spiritual identity? What's a material identity? Material identity is an identity that, that develops according to perceived needs on the basis of what I think is necessary. I identify with that and you have an identity. Whatever identity we have now, that's the result of what we perceive as necessary we have identified with it, and that becomes our outlook, our life, our everything. But spiritual life is exactly the same thing, but <laughs> your spiritual identity, sorry, means you are totally identified, spiritual identity, spiritual body, let's say, totally identified with certain needs of service, because as we spoke, there's, there are necessities in the spiritual world, in our spiritual world. So the more you identify with them, the more an, an identity comes. An identity comes out of identification. You have to connect these two words. Identity and identification. Certain identification takes to certain identity. Sense of identity. So now we are sadakas. So sadakas means in between. Bhakti has came to our life. We have embraced that grace on some level. We are trying to ident further identify with that divine call. But still there may be some other layers of identification or necessities that we are trying to integrate no? in the devotional process. That's basically to be a sadhaka, what does it mean? No? Integration, as I like to say. Now, for me, transcendence means integration. It doesn't mean rejection of anything, but how to integrate everything in the bhakti equation, which is, of course, easier said than done. <laughs> But but all this entails, again, giving one's heart to the Guru. Mm -hmm. Because 
guru is expecting that you be, you get closer to him to her and and the the proximity again is in terms of surrender the guru is i mean we are we are to surrender to the guru because the guru is already surrendered it's, it's not like some unjust expectation if the guru is really surrendered really surrendered the guru will, does not even need to tell you surrender to me because I mean, his own surrender will be commanding that respect if you if you are sincere and you see the guru's surrender you understand this is the currency of the relationship basically i mean and and he's not only surrendered to krishna or to his guru but the guru is surrendered to every one of his disciples in his service as guru Try to under, I mean, to be a guru is, is the highest form of commitment and service. The highest, servitor, the highest servant is the guru, basically. <laughs> the guru is not the one who is serving the less, and everyone is serving him. <laughs> Overtly, for the untrained eye, it may seem that. Oh, he's receiving such plate and more kijais than, than everyone else, and blah, blah, blah. But if you go beyond the apparent stuff, you see he's serving everyone else more than all of us put together. That's real guru. That that's the commitment of, of, of a genuine guru. I will try to help you as much as I can. I am making that commitment for eternity, <laughs> not even this life. <laughs> so of course we receive that level of surrender. Minimum we will try to surrender ourselves as much as we can. <laughs> I always quote this, and I love to quote that and I will do it again with your permission in this connection I remember once I I asked Guru Maharaj what, what's that thing that I can do that will please you the most I don't know that question came to my mind I said I will present that and, and I will try to to do whatever <laughs> maybe the answer I'll try to do something about it and he replied saying to me, try to increase your commitment with the ideal. That was his reply. <laughs> that would be the thing that will please me the most. So he was not asking anything for himself. He was not telling me, send me a $10,000 donation. Which, even if he says that, it does not necessarily is for himself either. But my point is, he replied in such a way that was 108% commitment with my own practice. And that's what gives him pleasure. In other words, the guru is so happy when he sees how his disciples become gurus. Gurus means increase your commitment with your ideal. It doesn't mean now you have you are giving initiation to someone or something. No, guru means <laughs> acharya. No? It doesn't mean you have a mission. It means you are teaching by example. So try to increase your commitment with the ideal. I mean, the, I, I cannot find a more commit committing instruction than that one, because there is no end to that. The day that I think I'm doing that, I had to go back to that, to the instruction. Or recently also, I was in Brindavan, and I wrote to Gurmash, and I told him, Gurmash, <laughs> so he told me, I asked him, is there anything you need from Brindavan? <laughs> I asked with all my naivety, you know, like thinking in Loi Bazaar or something <laughs> like that. And he replied, Prem. <laughs> that was the reply. 
And I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot get that one in Lloyd Bazaar. <laughs> but I also tried to, I mean, I, took, I tried to take that seriously. I always remember when Silla Prabhu will say, even if your spiritual master replies to you in a letter one line, what that line contains is unlimited. You, you cannot just like pass quickly, ah, oh, it was just one word and it was just a joke he made to me. No, it was not a joke. <laughs> he's asking me prem. Of course, it's not that, okay, he's asking me prem, I will give prem to my guru. I'm not thinking like that. No, it's the other way around. But at the same time, in his humility, he's asking me prem. He's asking me, you are in Vrindavan, you are in the land of prem, bring me prem. In other words, qualify yourself in such a way that you attain that. To begin with, what to speak of giving, first you have to attain it. So for me, his reply, bring me Prem, was actually he was telling me, attain that, get that. I mean, in my personal, it's not that I'm thinking I will give him Prem, but how can I give something that I do not have? I have to have it, I have to have it. He's pointing in that direction to me as a disciple. So the same idea, try to increase your commitment with the idea. So... So giving giving one's heart is is hard <laughs> because and, and and that's part of that's part of the tapasya of being a guru in the sense that you are dealing with that with so many people that are expected to give their hearts and and to deal with all that will happen in between in their attempts of giving their hearts and so many things will have happen in the way and I want to give my heart but this got in the way, huh? and not words got in the way, as Guru said today. This is just another level. <laughs> I want to say I love you, but words got in the way. In the case, I, I, I want to, to love you, but an art has got in the way. <laughs> and, and, and I have to do something with that. And, and, and sometimes these are very basic things. Maybe you say, Maharaj, these things I, I've heard them first month in the temple, false ego, and being humble, but but we have to walk the talk, you know. I mean, and 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 also there has to be a part for, of 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 oneself as a disciple to be willing of of being educated by the guru. You no, know? I mean like because the guru may there are different gurus of course, and and different guru has different moods, and I've seen gurus who kind of enter more directly into the life of the disciple and and like. In a proper way, there are improper ways to do so, but in a proper way, and they start like to point. No, this should be in this way. You should be improving. This should be changed. But some other gurus may be more passive in that, and may give harikata, may give a nice example, but may may not be pointing certain things, unless we make it clear that we are willing for for that to happen. So sometimes we also may should be willing to do so because again, or, or from one person and from from other, from another. Of course, not not necessarily every single. To, when we speak about guru, we don't only speak about one person. Remember always, no, do not limit the word guru to a single person because in the beginning it may be limited to one person. We have to begin somewhere, but there is a whole reality. That's why we sing Jai Guru Dev Guru Parampara. Mm-hmm. So, 
So some some figures may complement with one another, and some other sadhus may in our lives point to certain things that that even our Diksha Guru may not know. For example, in my case, you no know, Guru Maharaj may not know certain details about my myself. I mean, one tries to be as transparent as possible, but maybe if you are not living with someone every day for 20 years, there are certain things you will miss. But maybe someone like Vaishnav Maharaj, who is a sannyasi friend of mine, will know certain things because we lived together for 20 years. <laughs> and he may know and he may point to those things. And I may point to other things as well. <laughs> Not like competition, but just like a natural dynamics of relationship. And we should be willing that there is someone in our life that can point to those things. That, that we need to eventually transcend. But first we need to acknowledge of course, we can. We have to be introspective ourselves and try to deeply contemplate what do I need to change, what I'm chanting and I'm not crying yet. Again, not in a tr- like a neurotic way, but there should be some lamentation. Mahaprabhu is showing that example right from, from verse 2. Durdaiva midrishami hajjani nanurak. Everything is so merciful, everything is so graceful, so incredible. But I'm not having attraction for that. So something is going wrong. <laughs> Again, not, not, not to enter into an extreme crisis, but not to the point of forgetting that I can improve. Because I, I've seen so many times that one has gone to one extreme of the equation, like something is wrong and I'm a demon and I must be offensive, and you go like into trauma after trauma. So when you realize I'm going crazy by this method, you jump to the other extreme, which is equally dysfunctional, <laughs> which is nobody can tell me anything to me about anything. Let's do it as I want, as I can, as I like, and and it becomes kind of a yeah hippie Gaudiya Vaishnavism or something. Well, like, and you become too independent, and you are not willing to anyone to participate in your life, basically. So you, in the name of being open and relaxed. You are actually close, being closing. You are closing your heart, and so so it's nice to to be open. And of course, you one want one open one's heart in a cheap way to everyone and everyone. It's something that trust needs to be there. As Guru Maharaj spoke today about Bishvas and Bishramba, with Guru that has to be there. Bishrambena Guru Seva. So the more the trust grows, the relationship develops. Uh, there will be place for for those type of things, you know, for those type of of exchanges. Mm-hmm. So, so giving one's heart to the guru, I will say, yeah, it begins with to begin with letting your guru instruct you about what's your heart about, <laughs> and allowing him to enter to your heart to inspect your heart and to do the interior decoration process, you know, because. Sila Sermash will say that. Yeah, we, we, we need to, we want to be filled, we want the sadhus to fill our heart, but first we need to empty our hearts in front of the sadhus. Like to, to, to expose ourselves with whatever is there. Many things may be embarrassing. No? Generally, many of, many of us may have some things that you will not say publicly about yourself. Like, like no, 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 no. Just in the Sunday confession in the church, and not even there, basically. 
but again, the problem is that we are identifying with that because you are not that thing, ultimately. I mean, the Atma in its constitution doesn't have anything embarrassing to hide. <laughs> so the fact that we may feel something like that still shows we need to work on that. And to work on that means I, I, I have to share that with someone, at least one person. So give my heart, again, you cannot give your heart completely in one single stroke. It's like sustainable installments. No? It will pinch a little bit, but not too much as, as to think I never will do this again. It's too traumatic. No, not like that. But it has to pinch a little bit. You have to get out of the comfort zone a little bit. Because if not, you are practicing some form of conformist religion only. And that can happen so easily. Today I was thinking about that in the morning because Krishna Bhakti is so powerful. Now we hear things like, you chant Nama Vas and you obtain Vaikuntha. Imagine. Bhaktivinoda says that. You can chant Nama Vas and go to Vaikuntha. So imagine below, and he say, you chant Nama Parat and you obtain wealth, artha, kama. So you may be doing things totally wrong in Bhakti, but still there is some resolve. <laughs> That if you are not prop too much too sincere, you feel oh, I'm having a good time. No. Money is coming, I'm enjoying. But you may be on the platform Namapura. You are not really growing. But you cheat yourself thinking everything is working nicely. It's fine. I'm enjoying it. I'm having a good time. But it doesn't mean you are progressing in bhakti. So my point is with this is bhakti is so powerful that even if you do it wrongly, it can create so many immediate results, that that's a danger in the form of, oh, something is happening, so I don't need to to think deeply about how to make further progress, because something is happening even if I'm... I mean, this is the Kaimutyanyaya of the Shastra, which says, even if you do this, this happens. It's not the Shastra saying, oh, remain chanting Namavas, so you can go to Vaikuntha. No, Shastra is saying, imagine if that's the case with Namavas, what to speak of doing things properly. So we should be very careful of not mis misunderstanding this Kemyutya Nyaya and, and, and just getting stuck in, oh, I'm, I'm okay, I'm comfortable here, I'm having a good time. All my material situations were relatively okay. and But no problem if you are okay materially, that's a good horizontal development for making the quantum leap into transcendence, for sure. And, and be ready for some any day to not be materially nice, okay, because someday material situation may, but it will at one point. <laughs> it will be over. <laughs> Again, I don't want to sound too much of a sannyasi like this course, but I mean, that's the reality of life. You know, remember that many things are here today, gone tomorrow. I mean, we hear that quote over and over again, and, and try to act as if any single moment you will leave this body. And I hopefully you are perfectly okay with how you are living your life now if you are to leave your body at this precise moment. Because that will happen. <laughs> like this Chinese proverb they have, like they live every day as if it's the last and one day you will be right. <laughs> I mean, we laugh, but it's, it's, it's like this. I mean, But if you don't live like that, Whenever the moment comes, you won't be prepared for that. That's the situation. And it's not like living, in, in, again, in panic or in tragic. If you are like that, it means still you are not understanding what's life about, what's death about. All the things have to be in place for, 
for further giving of of, of our hearts to Sri to Sri Guru. But yeah, mostly the disciple is someone who is who is this who is willing to to embrace. Hmm? The discipline of being a disciple. And again, discipline doesn't mean like concentration calm, but means discipline. I mean, discipline means tapasya. And tapasya, I'm not saying just wear a glowing cloth and sleep under the tree or whatever. I'm saying just try to, for example, tapasya mostly has to do with pratyaksha. Pratyaksha means retire your senses from nonsense and trying to become one pointed in some direction. Try. That's not easy. Like when you sit on Chanjapa. Try to sit Chanjapa, retire all your senses and just focus on Sri Nam. You mean Pratyahara? Pratyahara, sorry. Yeah, not Pratyaksha, thank you so much. Pratyahara. No. So like a turtle, or retiring all the limbs and absorbing in one direction. Not so easy. And that's Tapasya. Tapasya means fire, heat. So you sit, you try to retire all the tension and focus in one direction and you feel the heat coming. <laughs> so so surrendering to a guru is, is, is kind of that. No? You try to make the guru like the exclusive focus of your life. That person in the in the words of Silasidhar Maharaj is our own potential appearing in front of us. Try to imagine how how big of a commitment is that? You cross in your life someone who embodies all that you can be. It's like a, it's like a reflection of, of, of your best possible horizon. Like a mirror that is showing all that you can be. Your best possible updated version of each one of us. So, wow. <laughs> you have to do something with that. You have to honor that vision. That means giving our hearts to that. So, so, yeah, I will say the willingness to, to keep learning, to remain students forever, and to, and to learn what's our heart, what's not our heart. Sometimes first we need to know what's not our heart. Then we start to get what's our heart. Because sometimes when we say heart, many, at least in Shastra, the expression heart is there, but generally refers to the mind. Because the heart is just a muscle, no, it's not too romantic. I mean, they use that in law. I give you my heart, but if I presented muscle, I mean, <laughs> you remember I'm a child for life. <laughs> Nobody will buy into that. Oh, it is my heart. <laughs> so, Shastra, generally speaking, about the mind in the beginning, like controlling the mind, gives one mind. Gives one heart, means gives one mind. Basically, your mind is in certain directions, absorbing certain things. Okay, now I want to give my mind to you. Well, like when Arjuna asked Krishna, it is enough if I engage my body in service to you and offer stuff through my bodily activity? And Krishna said, no, I want your mind also. Because if I don't have your mind, I don't have you. And your body may be doing any show in front of me, but your mind may be going shopping somewhere else. <laughs> That's why the topmost instruction of the Gita is manmana. And Krishna repeats that verse, that verse twice, almost exactly, at the end of chapter 9 and at the end of chapter 18. You can study those ones also. 934, 1865. Manmana bhavavant bhakto mabhyahimam namashkuru. Mame vaisasis yukta ibam atma vam matparayana. And 
mame vaisasi yuktam te pratiyane satyam te pratiyane priyosime slight variety at the end but the beginning is the same manmana manmana means krishna is saying to you your mind to me manmana mana means mind man means me mind me <laughs> in simple words your mind give it to me in other words fall in love with me because that's the only way you can give your heart your mind to someone no? and that's what bhakti is about but again it begins with some in the beginning it may sound a little bit more like calculated at some moments because we have to make some effort as gurmash will say this is not favorable this is not a, if we just get carried by the whatever we feel uh, it may not be the most healthy thing no? I mean, I hope you understand my point. We cannot just fully trust our feelings and the conditioned soul. As a conditioned soul, I may feel I want to kill you. And I feel it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel anger and I feel envy. And I, you feel those things. They are emotion, re- emotional reality that can consume your whole being. How much, you, if you identify with them, you become a serial killer, you become who knows what. The potential is terrible. <laughs> so we should be very very balanced in, in first of all understanding I want to reach God God is transcendental reality and needs to educate my approach to such a reality and the Guru is there to teach me that by example um, by teaching of Shastra by revelation I need to adopt a proper epistemic hierarchy, epistemological approach to reality no. I want to understand Krishna how to understand such a thing as Krishna such a person as Krishna I cannot just go with my intu- human intuition. Because what we call intuition generally has to do with our samskars. You have certain intuition, and other persons have some other intuition. And on some level it may work. I'm not saying it's totally useless. That's an important point. <laughs> but regarding entering Nitalila or something, <laughs> that's not enough. So our mind and intuition and samskars and human psychology and DNA... I'm not saying throw that and burn that and it's useless. On some level, you can become very successful and you can be balanced human being and sattvic and it's okay. But if you want to go beyond sattva, parabhyom, you need something else. <laughs> and the Guru is coming to our life for that, to teach us that. And, and for us to accept that, I mean, the Guru is inviting from that other side us to enter there. We have to be ready to surrender and surrender means I understand that my means are limited and I need to trust that higher invitation to give myself in that direction but the giving has to be sincere and intelligent that's why pranipatina pariprasnina then comes pranipratina means inquire make all the questions you need to make in order that your surrender is properly informed and again, it's not some forced imposition from others and from yourself, but it's an informed, voluntary decision. That's the glorious thing about about love. I mean, it's voluntary. Sometimes people are saying, why there is suffering in the world? Why not everyone loves, is happy loving, is happy? Well, because being happy means loving God, and loving God, loving means you choose to love the person. It's not that you are made to love him in such a way that you don't have any other option. That doesn't sound too loving. No? Like I say, you okay, you, 
you can love God. That's the reality. Do I have a second option? No. It's like, okay. <laughs> I never chose to love Him. So, like, love Him. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, if I have another option, the risk is, is in there to choose something else. So, that's where we are suffering. But So, love is, but point is the greatness of love is that you are choosing that, you are you are investing your will in that particular direction. That that gives sense to the whole thing. So the same with surrender. Nobody can surrender for you. And nobody can force you to surrender. If that happens, that's not surrender at all. It's some dysfunctional issue. But when you voluntarily choose to surrender, and you understand why, and you are doing that with a smile, even though some pinching is there, <laughs> still you are happy, you are smiling. That's that's glorious. That's glorious. And interestingly, after that, Krishna says, Sibaya. First he says, surrender. Then he says, inquire with humility, not with doubt and, and questioning the integrity of the person. First there has to be trust, surrender, faith. Then inquiry with humility. And then do service. <laughs> Generally we think service is the first thing. But here Krishna is regarding to the Guru, first surrender, then be humble, and then serve. On that foundation. Because if you are not serving with surrender and humility, that's not service. That's not seva. Service, that's a tricky word. That's every, every word. <laughs> is. You can go to military service, the social service, so many services. But seva... That's another category. That's giving pleasure to the object of your affection. That's a more accurate translation of seva. To give pleasure to the object of your affection. That gives you a better panorama of what's our idea of service. <laughs> so I won't be engaged in such an activity if I'm not surrendered, if I'm not humble. I, I, I won't feel it. So first those things need to be in place. And that takes time, again. That's a process. Initiation is a process. Niksha Kali Bhakta Kali Atma Samarpana Guru Maharaj quoted that, that verse these days. Diksha Kali Bhakta Kali Atma Samarpana says Chaitanya Charitamrita. Say Diksha Kali, in the moment of Diksha, Bhakta Kali Atma Samarpana. Bhakta Kali, the Bhakta, the devotee, he does what? Kari? Atma Samarpana. The devotee makes of his or her soul a full offering to Krishna. That's Diksha, says Chaitanya Charitamrita. <laughs> so then we may start to wonder did I have, do I have Diksha? <laughs> did I reach there? I have it, but did I reach there? Diksha came, but I'm there, as we said the other day. Mercy came. But I'm there. <laughs> I open the door. They're knocking for time immemorial. But did I open? <laughs> so the idea is Diksha Kali Bhakta Karadmasamarpana. In the moment of Diksha, when you make of yourself a full offering to Krishna, means that doesn't happen on day one. But that starts to happen in on day one. But it's a process. So what we call initiation has its own initiation. It's the initiation of the initiation, the beginning of the initiation process. Initiation is a process. It's not a pill. No. A swallow. What's the next one? <laughs> no, that takes time to... You have to ruminate and chew 
like the cows. And they are eating, eating, processing, and, they and chewing and chewing and chewing. You have to chew a lot. So, so in, giving the heart is a process. That's that's my point. No? One, but of course, it begins by having the willingness to do so. Even if if one's idea of giving one's heart is still naive, or is still a little bit, I mean, no problem. I mean, it's kindergarten-like <laughs> problem. I mean, every one of us will be like devotional kindergarten. I mean, Kanishta, Madhyam, Uttam. Sometimes you need to be a Kanishta for some time, and that's glorious. We are not condemning being a Kanishta Dikari. It's glorious. It's no longer glorious when when you are expected to become a Madhyam, <laughs> but you insist on remaining a Kanishta. That's no longer glorious. That's no longer beautiful. But it's 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 okay if you are if you are a baby who is urinating on yourself for some time. It's okay. It's beautiful even for the mother. Ah, oh, ah. Oh. <laughs> Baby's making a whole mess with excrement and urine, and the mother is crying and melting. Oh, so nice! Maybe. Everyone else is like, oh, but the mother is like, ah. Oh. But Sally, <laughs> But if the, if that same person had thirteen years and still is doing the same, I don't think mothers milk is pouring from their breasts in Batsalia Bhav at that point. No, no, no. At that point, she will say, "That's no longer beautiful, my dear." <laughs> You should be doing some higher mess now, <laughs> corresponding to your teenage years. Now you still be messy, but according to your particular stage, <laughs> engaging higher mistakes, something like that. <laughs> so in the same way, you know, there are so many levels of of disciples and, 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 and so on. But but we should be always willing to 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 keep growing, to keep learning. And that, that's the main message that our guru has always say to us: you know, remain open to. To keep that spirit, you know, students forever, as Silasil Marsh will say, and everything will come from that basically, no? because so many things will come in our journey. We don't have a clue about that. I mean, I don't want to enter into autobiographical statements, but so many things happen in my life that <laughs> I can tell you, I never, I didn't have a clue that it will happen. I mean, some of the things that happened in my devotional journey were. If I have to make the day one at least write the top five things that you should expect the least to happen in your devotional life, those five things I will have written, all the five things happen. And other ones that were even more astonishing that I, I thought, oh, these are even less, more weird. I, I should have put that in, in number one in the, that day in the list, but I forgot for some reason. <laughs> And now it happened to remind them. <laughs> so, so, so many things, my point is, will happen in, on our path. And those things also will come to, to test, to prove, or to show where we are, basically. And that's okay. We should be happy for that. We, we, should, be, uh, we should be praying for, for being tested, for being put to be put to test. Because that's how I can have a realistic picture of where I, I really am. Because I can paint an unrealistic picture in my own mind of who I am or where I am. And, and that can happen so many times. Oh, I think now I'm getting to the... I don't know. I think I have already realized the third verse of Sikshastakam. Madhyam Bhakti is, is, oh, is just there. I'm getting to the top of the mountain. And just comes one devotee and like <laughs> knocks you and like <laughs> you are like <laughs> and start and you realize no no I'm quite far from third verse yet. No? 
something like this to give some grotesque grotesque example but but tests are required because if you don't have taste you don't know in which part of the of the journey you are so like when you have these obstacles of the runners that have to jump one other that the, every time they pass one obstacle that helps to confirm making progress you know? that's necessary and sometimes we'll pass the test and sometimes we won't pass the test but if we learn something from that not passing the test we have passed the test <laughs> the test will come again but we will be better equipped for dealing with that and when we have approved that test will come another one and then we come the PhD and all different degrees that we need to, to, to go through so and we should always have this confidence Krishna will never send me a test that I cannot pass I mean he's not full I mean he knows which are my my capacities and of course some things may come and may feel, I may feel I cannot pass by myself and I believe you but if at that moment you pray sincerely for mercy that will come and will allow you to pass the test and that was the purpose of the test basically to show you you cannot do it by yourself you need help <laughs> and that's one of the most difficult things that sometimes we humans have in our minds we are sometimes so it's so difficult for us to ask for help help me I need help generally that's like like actually that's the death blow to the ego <laughs> so generally we, we are not so willing to ask for help to acknowledge that we need help and generally most of us are totally in need of help I once I made that joke in I mean it was not a joke it was serious but in, in social media I put one post said I need help and someone, everyone started writing, what's happened, Maharaj? What's happened? I said, no, 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 no. I'm okay like every day, but I need help. <laughs> I mean, why do you interpret I need help like some extreme tragedy? Are, are you not, we are not aware that we need help on a daily basis in the most normal moments of our day. You need to go to, to be pushed to the extreme, to just, I need help. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, if you need that treatment, that treatment will come. And hopefully you ask for help at that moment. <laughs> Sometimes we can be so stubborn. But, but yeah, it's not a problem. Of course, that's not an excuse in being lazy. Help me, help me, help me. And, and you need to help yourself also to do your part. But also, the two things are working together. So on a daily basis, we are praying to Sri Guru, help me basically that's why we accept the guru also tasman guru prepadita that's the bhagavatam said tasmat which means therefore you have to surrender a guru and that therefore of course is connected with many verses before which describe how a conditioned soul goes through the material experience realizing i need help so the, the verse said therefore <laughs> you have to surrender to a guru and surrender means i need help or they please help me I'm sure if you approach your guru and you say, Gurudev, please help me, you, you won't go disappointed from that addressing, basically. Of course, that's sincere. Yeah, please help me. And of course, you don't need to tell him. You need to, to imbibe that on, on a daily basis even. I mean, you can tell him if you need, but the point is we should remain in that, in that mood, basically, you know? needy mood. And, and again, needy mood, do not misunderstand me. No? It's not just like you develop some complex of inferiority or some evasive mechanism, victim consciousness or whatever, but but I need help. That's a fact in so many ways. 
I need mercy if you want to put it in that way. That sounds nicer, no problem. <laughs> I need grace. We need so many things. So that's humbling to, re to, to maintain ourselves in that spirit. Because the opposite is I don't need anything. Others need me. I'm, I'm whatever, fool or whatever. So, so to give our hearts, my point is to the gurus, as Sila Samara say again, you want your guru to fill your heart, first we have to empty our heart. To take, to expose all those things that we need to expose and deal with them properly. Guhyama Kyati Prichati. Reveal our mind in confidence. Ask for his help with trust and confidence. And and let, accept the help also, no? because that's so important. <clears throat> and that will make our spiritual life so real. So full of, of, of insights and, and, and inner, inner experiences, not something boring or not something uh, lacking in creativity, if you will, or inspiration. So, some words. Is, oh, okay. <laughs> One hour and eight minutes. We're 108. We are, so, so, I think that's there is some follow up question. We can yeah, share something else and finish up after some minutes. Yes, okay. I'm hoping. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so long to answer. <laughs> hope against hope, as they say. <laughs> uh, you say this Diksha Kale verse in relation to initiation, and I mean, Prabhupada separated those two initiations. We talked about that the other day, mm -hmm. yesterday. Mm -hmm. Still a little bit unclear to me, like, I don't know, I guess it's kind of a multi layered question, but. Um, it says that once, once uh, one, one gets given a sadhakadeha, and, and then it said, like, uh, get spiritualized or so. so. So, like, at what point? Like, sometimes those are spoken of interchangeably. So we, which are spoken like interchangeably. Like, Harinam initiation, like you have your Nam Guru, and then you have your Diksha Guru. I don't know what those technical words. But I, I don't understand the question. Sadaka Deha, Sida Deha, Harinam Diksha. I mean, I, I don't get. Yeah, I don't know what's your point. Either, <laughs> There's so much going on. Like, so <laughs> welcome. What's actually going on and when? Welcome to the <laughs> welcome to the club. <laughs> Are you wondering at which point did it Sadaka Deha? Yes. Also, yeah. I guess you put it more simply. Are you wondering, do you have a sadhaka day or you will yeah, receive it I tomorrow? Yeah, <laughs> 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 Am I already spiritualized? <laughs> and you will ask, at which moment do you give me the sadhaka day, Gurmas? I never see it. Where, where, where is the sadhaka day? I mean, it's important to, yeah, to go beyond a little bit some, some of the formalities surrounding this these moments, these stages, and and, and the Guru Sadak is giving Sadaka Deha. I mean, again, it's giving Sadaka Deha is giving <clears throat> giving you an an identity as a Sadaka, or an identity which identifies with Sadhana. Mm -hmm. So that 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 may begin even before Harinam, if you will, <laughs> in one level. It's not that okay. Now it's the full thing. In the very beginning, you start to hear and you start to receive this type of 
instructions and inspiration, you start to develop, again, an identification with the need of sadhana, and that starts to invoke the concept of sadhakadeha. I mean, you want to engage your senses, your body in sadhana. I mean, it's not that, okay, but you don't have hurry now, so you are not a sadhaka yet. You don't have sadhakadeha yet. It's not like that. <laughs> of course, there's a way to put it, like Guru Nanak said, okay, in, in initiation, the Guru is giving you that, like, he's giving you a name, like, like he's giving you a sense of identity that hopefully you already had that before on some level, but that moment it helps, like, to, like, make that more official, no? like, this is your name, this is your Guru, you are establishing a bond, like, like you are getting married to each other, basically, no? legally. <laughs> Your name is there on the paper, you put the ring. I mean, all those things are symbols, but all those things are creating an awareness of the commitment in the relationship and, and what's expected from you in that interaction. And hopefully both parties are celebrating that. Mm -hmm. Not like, oh my God, what am I doing here? <laughs> no. so, so, again, it's not that before Diksha, that's not there, and you had Harinam, but... Guru Maharaj, I don't feel I have a sadhaka day. I mean, you can tell it for yourself. I, I, if, the more you apply yourself to sadhana, I mean, the more you, you have a sadhaka deha. Because it's all about applying in sadhana, no? applying oneself in sadhana and receiving the tools and the education for doing so. So that can happen even before Harinam on some level and, and, and so on. And, 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 and my point is, if your Guru gives you Harinam and Diksha, but you are doing no sadhana whatsoever, how much of a sadhaka deha you have? I mean, <laughs> there's, there's no sadhana, how can you speak about sadhaka? I mean, sadhaka deha means, again, it's a body of a practitioner. So that has to do like a new sense of identity is implanted, if you will, to replace the identity we had before that, as an enjoyer, as an exploiter, as a consumer, as a whatever. So... So again, that's and and and, and the, the more we take advantage of that, the other part of your question, when that becomes fully spiritualized, again, it's not black and white. It's not like now is full is spiritualized. Yesterday was not spiritualized or something like that. Gradually, more and more, and in this stage of asakti, which is the last stage of sadhana, which again you are graduating from sadhana, which means you are graduating as a sadaka. In other words, your sadaka deha is graduated <laughs> and see that Deha is coming. So that happens again. Asakti is the last stage of sadhana and, and that's mentioned Gurmash explains that nicely in his commentary to to the fifth verse of Sikshasakam and also is explaining Madhura Kadambini how Nasakti is the arising of the Siddha Deha. I mean, it's coming. You are really knowing who you are in eternity with the different details of that identity. You are graduating from sadhana. So you are entering into a life of bhava, and there will be another sadhana, called bhava sadhana, from another perspective, from the vantage point of your siddha deha. So, but again, that's the last stage of sadhana. First we have to do our homework through bhajan, kriya, nartha, nibriti, nista, ruchi, and then accepting. But, oh yeah, technically speaking, siddha deha will begin, I mean, officially will be, the, the sadhaka deha will be a fully spiritualized body, if you will, at, at that stage. 
But of course, before that, one one will have glimpses of what's our Siddha Dehabab, what's our affinity in eternity. It's not that before Asakti, I have no clue what's my affinity in Brajalila, let's say. And now I'm in Asakti and I have all the details about that. No, before that, those things will start to come. There will be more and more clarity the more we are cleaning our Chitta, Chitta Dharpana so the identity is there, the conception is there. As Guru Maharaj will say, the more you pour bhakti samskars in every pore of your body, the more your sadhaka deha becomes spiritualized. So it's a matter of how much we are we are interacting with with the sense objects for the purpose, for the pleasure of the sense of Krishna. Krishna Driya Pritichat Hari Prevanam Admindriya Pritivanchat Hari Bhalikam. Come or selfless desire means to interact with the senses for the pleasure of one's senses. Prem or divine love is to interact with the senses for the pleasure of Krishna's senses. Just one word you have to change. <laughs> and then change the whole equation from selfless desire to divine love. So then it's a gradual process. But it's happening. For sure. <laughs> you can measure that. I mean, there are symptoms. You can look at yourself, not from today to yesterday, because you won't see that much change, generally, <laughs> but from today to a year ago or something. If you were doing your homework, I mean, there has to be some change. You have to perceive some transformation on some level. If not, your faith in the whole practice will like, shrink or something. Like, this is not working. But again, one has to be doing one's homework because if you are not engaging your sadhaka they have properly, yeah, nothing may be happening for sure. I guess my like uh, my my focal point actually was. I'm now it's getting it. clearer. The question is getting more clear. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. First, but second is uh, I guess it was more so, and I apologize for this not being clear. The, more so, when do you get given the bija? What's the last of bija? Do you get it in the high You have to understand how scripture speaks. It tries to give you an idea, but the, it's not that the bija is a bija, literally. It's not that open your mouth, that goes the seed, swallow. <laughs> now, have the bhakti lata bija. No? It's, it's not like a thing that. Of course, something happens in initiation and so on, but it's not like one thing, one moment, swallow it, that's all. I mean, Bhakti Lata Beach is another way of speaking about Bhakti Samskars in a very, it's a, maybe in a more specific and condensed way. Like, okay, the Guru is giving you mantra. Of course, there's a particular injection of Bhakti Samskars you receive on that day. Guru Krishna Prasadipai Bhakti Lata Beach. But it doesn't mean that before that there were no bhakti samskars because how do you reach that moment of initiation if it's not for bhakti samskar, previous bhakti samskar that are not inherent in the jiva? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't want to repeat myself, but it's so. I mean, we don't have inherent bhakti, so bhakti asanjatiya bhaktiya. Bhakti comes from bhakti, which means bhakti comes from the bhakta. Bhakti comes from sadhu sangha. So, the very first meeting with the sadhu in this lifetime, 
you may be receiving bhakti samskars. It's a way of speaking bhakti lata beach. If you, there's words, there are examples, symbols. No? Mahaprabhu is giving the symbol, the beach, and the gardener, and the weeds, and the vine. It's not that literally there is one vine, and you, someday you start to see something coming from your ear. Oh, it's growing. <laughs> it's a way of speaking about something that is beyond words. But again, before meeting your guru, before receiving initiation, you are receiving bhakti samskar from maybe other sadhus who are not your guru. Your Bhagma Pradarsaka guru, as it is say, the person that first spoke to you about Krishna. And maybe you never see that person again in your life. Because for someone in the street that told you something, you were in a party totally drunk, and the person gave you one book, and, and that book changed your life, and you went, where is that person again? Never again. I, I know many cases like that. Recently in Colombia, one devotee told me that story. He was in the most possibly degraded party <laughs> in his university's times, and, and it was his birthday, so it was a special day for degradation. <laughs> and everyone was bringing gifts according to the occasion, <laughs> invoking further and further degradation. And then comes the most weird person in the party that which seemed okay. This will the bring will the bring the most degraded stuff for the party. And the person brought the book from Sila Prabhupada and gave it to him. And he didn't know who was that person. And then he read the book and he started to read all the other books and he started to find that person. Till now, after twenty five years, never met that person. <laughs> so God acts in a mysterious way, but you cannot say. That's a bhakti samskar, even when you don't have a clue what's a bhakti samskar, but you are receiving that, what you sometimes call agnyata sukriti. There are ways to speak about that. Agnyata sukriti is you are getting closer to Krishna, you don't have an idea what's what's going on, as I like to say. And then suddenly you are jumping in the kirtan and say, how did I get here? And why, why do I want to stay here? <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but... But there was something going on, even you don't have a clue. And eventually you get educated and realize, oh, oh, that party, that gift of my birth. <laughs> and you start to become aware of those things. So, so again, you are receiving bhakti scars, And eventually they, you start to look for those bhakti scars in an official way. That's the sadhu sangha that comes after shraddha. But before shraddha, there's another sadhu sangha that you are not aware of, that it was sadhu sangha. And eventually, Vishwanath Chakravartakur mentioned the sadhu, the sadhu Sangha that comes after Shraddha mainly refers to accepting a guru. Like implying before that, you were receiving other Sadhu Sangha, some impressions, and then your faith is formed and you are more aware in your practice. And then now you receive Bhakti Samskaras in a more concentrated way. And, and, and sometimes. That's sometimes called the Bhakti Lata Beach when the Guru is initiating and giving you the mantra and the seed. But it doesn't mean that before that there were no Bhakti Samskars, there were not impressions. Like for example, Prabhupada, Srila Prabhupada, to give one example, in this lifetime, in his, in his last birth, if you will, he was a disciple of Prabhupada Bhakti Siddhanta. So one could say, okay, he received from him Bhakti Samskar from his Guru his initiation and the mantra. And part of the Bhakti Samskar is the devotional internal affinity that the Guru has in relation to Krishna. And that's being given. Sometimes it's also explained like that. That's the seed. 
Prabhupada Kishyanta gave Prabhupada the seed, but his affinity is Madhurya Rasa for Prabhupada Bhaktisiddhanta. And Prabhupada's affinity it was for Priyanarma Sakyabhava. So, what does it mean then? He only he received that Bhakti Lata Beach for Madhurya Rasa, but then swallow another Bhakti Lata Beach after and created some <laughs> mixture there. Or, no, he already had Bhakti some scars from before for, for Sakyabhava. So, that other influence, that other beach, if you want to speak in terms of different seeds, of that other current of some scars connection to Madhurya Rasa mixed with Sakya and make the creation of Priyanarma Sakya, which includes Madhurya Bhav. But again, so that's that, that's the point. So many, there are many lifetimes also practice, you never know. You may have received Diksha in a previous lifetime, a certain influence, and in this lifetime one is continuing with that. I mean, we, we, we don't. So, again, it's a way of conceptualizing, you know, like the seed, you swallow the seed, now I have to water it and so on, but it's basically a way of speaking about bhakti samskar. So, it's not that one day that began. But there are, of course, some important chapters of those especially intense samskars that may come certain moment from certain people that will influence us for eternity. Even. So, that, that's for sure. And sometimes those chapters may be highlighted, the bhakti lata beach. <laughs> That's the seed, but actually there are so many influences in between. It's 8 o'clock, so Sri Lagudev ki jai, Sri Man Mahaprabhu ki jai, Sri Arinam Sankirtan ki jai, Sri Sri Daoji Gopal ki jai, Sri Akadasi ki jai, Gaur Bhakta Vrindh ki jai, Gaur Premanan ki jai.